Hello and welcome to A Hundred Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha Hundreds, sit down with different drag artists and ask them, how did you end up being this amazing superstar we have today? Y'all, this week's guest, I'm excited. She's my sis. I work with her on a regular basis. She, in my mind, in my eyes, she is one of LA's best performers. If you haven't seen her, you're oh, wow. fucking missing out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> She is a reality star and also a parent. So please welcome Hershey LeCourgette. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, here trying to live life. I was looking at myself and I'm like, (laughs) I look like somebody's cousin that is trying to like experiment gay sex for the first time. I turned this camera on when you first let me into the Zoom and said, ooh, no, let me turn the picture on because this ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Baby, I've seen you at the dressing rooms. It's fine. We've been there. There's nothing <laughs> nothing to hide. <laughs> um, but thank you for agreeing uh, to do this with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I enjoy you, Natasha. You are fun. And one of my favorite queens out here, like in the LA, in the LA adjacent scene, anyway. Like, you know, I love working with queens that are fun to work with, good energy in the dresser room, and are not pretentious because we got a lot of girls like that out here. So, no, you are a good company to keep. I love it. It's interesting how many girls are like, uh, like a little like stuck up nowadays in the dressing room. You would think that it'd be the other way around. (laughs) Yeah, especially, especially the ones that are just working at one club. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, especially the ones that are like just coming up. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Right. Cool. Oh, my God. And sometimes I want to say something, but I'm like, I'm not in the place to say anything. And if they're bringing this kind of energy, they're probably not going to take this very well. So I'm like, I'll just keep things to myself, you know? It's like a note taker for me. It's like, okay, I know I don't want to work with you in the future. Okay, mm. I know to watch you. I know to keep you at a distance. All that type of stuff. Yeah, I just take notes. Yeah, I love that. Mental notes, note to self. Yeah. <laughs> but Hershey, let's talk about a much more pleasant queen, which is you. You were not from LA originally. So where did you grow up? I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, right in the middle of the uh, map. <laughs> I'm Mexican. I suck at geography, so I'm like, okay, I'll look up where that is. (laughs) (laughs) It's no place that you you won't miss it, and it's not interesting, so it's fine. You're not missing out on anything. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And did you start doing drag in Missouri? Technically, yes. I always tell people, like, it was a soft open to drag for me. Like, Tyler Perry was the first drag queen I've ever saw. Cause I was in church like really heavy so that's when I started like being creative and like writing and I would I still got the VHS tapes I would like run around my basement making videos with all the neighborhood kids um, it didn't turn into a drag until like 2011 I was like between 20 and 21 and there was this competition Novax is having this competition for drag queens and you can win I think the prize is $500 or something like that and you just had to bring a talent and some clothes. Mind you, I hadn't been exposed to professional drag. RuPaul's Drag Race was out by then. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I wasn't watching it. I hadn't seen professionals. So in my mind, it was just what I was doing. You just throw on a wig on top of your head, and you go down there, and you perform. And I'm like, I'm funny. I got a lot of viewers on YouTube, or a lot for the time. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, sure. So I show up there, stole my sister's prom dress, 
I got these shoes to match it from like a thrift store that didn't really match it. And I popped up there with this palette of eyeshadow. No foundation, no powders, no nothing. Just this palette of eyeshadow. I need I to see these pictures. I need to see the. Oh, I pictures. have them. I have them. I will send them to you. I will, I will tag you in them as soon as we know with this. And I walked in the room, the dressing room, and like froze because all the other drag queens there had their lights, their assistants, suitcases, and gowns, buckets of jewelry. And here I am with this duffel bag with my sister's prom just rolled up in it with shoes and. That's it, pretty much. So I like jetted to the bathroom and I like broke down and started crying. Because mind you, on top of that, I had invited like 20 people. So all these people are on their way. So I couldn't just like say, fuck this and leave. So like I had to figure something out. So I'm just crying in the bathroom because I'm, I'm about to be embarrassed. <laughs> so luckily, I got lucky. One of the queens came into the room or to the bathroom and she looked at me. And she said, oh, honey. Oh, I remember this really deep voice, really tall woman, really deep voice. She said, oh, honey, what's the problem? And I'm like bubbering, like barely getting my words. I'm like, everybody's so beautiful here. And I just got this stupid thing about my shadow. And I'm about to look stupid and all my friends are coming. So she said, she said, get it together. Calm down. Wipe your face. Walking back to the dressing room, she like literally told all the other drag queens in the competition, mind you, all the other drag queens and what I did. They all kind of gave me this like, it was like a shade, like, a, oh, but like a laugh, like, oh, bitch, you, you embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> and each of them gave me something to use. So like an, every queen gave me like one queen did my makeup. One queen gave me some nails. Another queen gave me some extra hair to use. Another one gave me some rings and jewelry. They was like, you know, you we, we gonna help you, girl. And they like that was my first introduction to drag, like everybody being sweet and like giving and it turned out to be a really good experience. I placed like third in performance and like I think it was like 10 of us in the competition so I placed like fifth overall in the competition so like that it was it was a nice soft open <laughs> that is such a beautiful story like everyone just uplifting you instead of like yeah. you know being catty or anything and I'm sure they had they little kiki moments but it was like they put that to the side for the moment to help me get into the I wish I could remember just one of those queens names so I can like find them on Instagram or Facebook or something just so they can see where I am now. They really gave me a good start. Now after that, mind you, after that, I did say I was never doing drag again. I was like, this is too much. I don't know how these girls are doing all this. This is stupid. I'm never doing this shit again. But now where I'm at like 11 years later, I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet. I love it because a lot of new performers are, are scared of performing because they think everyone's going to be just bitchy and catty. And mind you, there's very few yeah. people like that. But I feel like for the most part, everyone's very uplifting and everyone is very much willing to help. And I think a lot of new queens are also scared of looking ugly on stage. And that's the best time to do drag. Or to me, in my experience, I miss when I did not care for real how I looked. I just wanted to perform. I just want to be on stage. Now, like, if I get a scratch on my damn eyebrow, I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to do the show no more. <laughs> take me home. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I so feel no, you. I, do, I think queens shouldn't be scared to look ugly on stage. You know, that's going to be the best first couple of years, just like doing it for the fuck of it before like dollars and what else? Booking fees become a part of your drag career. Like have the most fun when you start now. And I don't know if this happened to you, but like when I first started doing drag, performances would go by so quick. 
I remember like being behind the curtain, like ready to go. And the next thing I know, like I'm done. I'm like, oh shit, I can't remember anything. Like it was so quick. I wouldn't even enjoy them. I don't know. It was, it, everything happened so, so quick. I was like, oh shit, I need to enjoy this a little bit more. That's how the first couple of years of my drag career went. Like I feel like the first three years like went by like that. And I wish I could just go back for a little bit and just pump the brakes and like really enjoy what I was doing. I just remember just being fine with being on stage. And that's when I was having the most fun. And I still have fun now, don't get me wrong, but that's when it was the most fun when I just didn't care about anything. I just wanted to be seen, just look at me. <laughs> I love it. That's a, another attention whore, I love it. <laughs> um, you kind of have to be like, you know, like attention to be a, a, a drag queen, you know, or like to perform in drag. It's It's kind of like part of it. Because what it's else gonna... are you putting all this stuff on for but to be seen? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's the point of spending all this time getting in drag? Oh, my gosh. You said you didn't think of doing drag professionally. When did that change? So that was 2011 when that happened. I mean, I was doing my little YouTube stuff here and there, but I didn't, like, decide to pick up make it, makeup again until, like, I want to say it was 2015 or 16. And one of my best friends kept telling me, Girl, we're going to see you on somebody's stage. You're going to see you on a drag stage. I'm like, no, girl, I ain't doing all of that. And it just so happened, maybe like a week or two later, the club Burkhart's at the time in Atlanta. This is when I was living in Atlanta. And they were having an open night, and they had it every Saturday. Oh, could you imagine something like that? They have nothing like this in L.A. But in Atlanta, it was every Saturday, and you would come and perform in the competition before the actual show would start. And then the, the prize you would get, you would get to get a pay spot the next week in the actual show. So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go down there and see what they're talking about. Again, went right back to the good old thrift store, brought this hideous ass dress. I know my friend had, I'm going to see if my friend has the video of it somewhere. Hideous fucking dress. Brattiest wig man could find. And I put on this makeup. And in my mind, I was given like 60s mod. But looking back on like when I remember how much of it I can visibly see in my mind, it looked terrible still. But anyway, no, like it, I made my first mix and I went out there and did it. And I, I don't know what it was about that particular night, but I was in love with it. And I don't remember a weekend I have not been performing in drag ever since. I love it. I feel like this generation, it's probably not looking as busted on their first time performing because like everything is on YouTube. There's so many tutorials, yeah. but there's such a value on like looking busted the first couple times you perform. You know what? Because you can look back to those pictures and be like, damn, it's been a long journey. It's been <laughs> it's nothing like looking at those. I post those pictures all the time on my Instagram page and be like, it's nothing like looking back and seeing how far you come. Because can't nobody tell me my makeup is ugly now because, no, this is what it used to look like, girl. Yeah, <laughs> you don't understand. Like you haven't seen ugly. Yes. <laughs> I, I can show keep, you what ugly is. I keep them handy on my on my phone too. So I'm like, whenever I'm having like a bad makeup day nowadays, I look at them and I'm like, okay, it's not as bad <laughs> as it could be exactly. as it was i know any complaint i have about my makeup now is just me being a diva because of how good i got at it because like i said these old pictures jesus no <laughs> i love them cheers to old pictures hello so we started in missouri and then atlanta and like mm -hmm. when did we get to la i got to la in june july of 2017 but that's just because, like, L.A. was always the goal. Like, I, I just wanted to be out here. I knew I always wanted to live out here. I moved out here, and the first club I performed at was VIP. 
in the IE. My uncle was staying in Moreno Valley. So I went to stay with him for a little bit. I was kind of just going all over the place trying to find where I was going to like settle. And VIP was the first open spot. So I said, fine, that's where I'm going to go. And there's even a picture of me then too. I don't know. I felt like I looked better, but I like, I remember seeing a picture of me. It was like, oh, I still look bad. Jesus. Uh, but no, that was when I like got my feet wet out here. And I was like, okay. I remember vividly, like after I got done with my mix, everybody rushing backstage saying, oh, that mix was amazing. That was great. And I just knew, okay, I was like, this is it. I'm about to be performing drag for the rest of my life. This is it. This is it. I need to do it. Get on it. Your awakening. Uh, yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is it. And ever since, because you're a full-time queen, right? Yes. I just became full-time in January. Yes. Yes. So it has been, yeah, it's been kicking my ass ever since then. Yes. <laughs> it's not easy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not no. full-time, but I've had a couple of months where I'm like, okay, I maybe I could work this out, but it's just so physically exhausting and mentally too oh i mean personally stress about doing new stuff but when you're mm -hmm. performing all the time it kind of gets hard to like yes do the new stuff and come up with new stuff in between the performances and everything absolutely like i get like i get tired of hearing my own mixes so in my mind everybody as tired as i am of them in my mind everybody else is tired of them too but like you don't get to be as creative and it's like I'm drained. And then I'm on top of, you know, coming up with your mixes and your performance all the time. You're also your own producer. So you make your own mixes and you got to go out and get outfits. And then after what, two or three months, if that, you get tired of those outfits. So you got to go out and get some more. And then I got to make sure I'm working damn near every weekend of the month because the rent still has to be paid and it ain't getting cheaper. <laughs> Then I have Not a car, so my car note, insurance, and now I got a baby. It's more mentally exhausting than anything else, yes. It is. Oh, my gosh. I love that you just <laughs> mentioned your baby. Let's talk about your baby. If How did you become a baby baby mama? <laughs> <laughs> so like, very baby, I know you have no uterus. <laughs> no. So okay, no. So long story short, me and my boyfriend, we are very family oriented. So we believe in just, you know, I've, I've always believed in like when I believe in village raising children. This is something I talked about before I had a baby. Um, I believe in like the family and your and whatever capacity. So like blood family, friends that are family, all of that. Everybody should be pitching in and helping with the children. It should not be something that's just um, the mom and the dad. LaSalle's my boyfriend. His sister's up there struggling in Boston and she lost her kids unfortunately but she didn't want them to be like lost to the system and so two years ago I think it is maybe LaSalle rang the idea in my head he was like how would you feel about me like adopting my nephew and I'm hearing him adopt his nephew so I'm like oh yeah you know that's your family my mom was adopted I'm like yeah do it he was like yeah but how would you feel like you're my partner so like how would you feel about being a dad I'm like oh <laughs> You want me to join? <laughs> oh, this is something we need to do together. Um, oh. <laughs> right. So at the time I said, yeah, but I was apprehensive because I just didn't, it didn't seem, it didn't seem real at the time because I didn't see myself being nobody's parent. So I like, it just didn't seem real. So I'm just, I'm saying yes, but I'm not really, I'm, I didn't really grasp what I was saying yes to. And like the closer it would get, we were always talking about it because it's CPS and it's also like between two states. So, of course, it took a while. So the closer we're getting to it, I'm getting more nervous. My anxiety is like going on 10. And then it got to he's getting calls now. He's getting calls. They're getting ready to like ship him out here. And I'm like, whoo. 
And that's when my drag like really started taking off. So like I'm getting I'm getting to work more often. So I'm really getting nervous. Like, what is this gonna look like? Am I gonna be able to keep working? Is this gonna slow me down? This is not what I moved out here for. Like it's a whole bunch of questions I'm asking myself. But it literally all changed like the week he got here. I became such a fucking sap. Like he can punk me out of anything. <laughs> he gets whatever the fuck he wants out of me. I'm not gonna lie and say it's easy by any means you know a lot of people like to get on tv and say oh it's the best decision i've ever made and i'm so this is such a blessing no this shit is very hard it's very time consuming it's been a whole bunch of stuff that i have to had to unpack and unpack quickly still have to unpack like internalized homophobia and what i want him to see and what versus what i don't want him to see people i'm on the reality show so people having their I'll be ready to fight everybody with just the wrong opinion. You say the wrong thing, I'm ready to hit you. Just, it's a lot that came with it. On top of all of that, girl, I just became a full-time drag queen like we just talked about. So, like, all of this is happening at the same time. So, 2022 has, like, been mentally, like, kicking my entire (laughs) Girl, you got this. You got this. But no, I can say it safely now. It's I I don't hate the decision. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like I love being a gay daddy. I I love this little boy to pieces. And just got our apartment approved by CPS, so his little sister will be here in about a month, give or take. Depending, CPS is still slow. So yeah, so I'll be a parent too soon. (laughs) Baby, props to you. I thank you. Oh my god, that is. so challenging i have a dog and i know it's not the same but i'm like oh my goodness like this so much i cannot imagine fathom like being responsible for a baby human let alone two baby humans props to you you know i think y'all might have to eat i think y'all might have it harder with the dog actually the dog at least you know the child grows up eventually the dog be like no you taking care of me (laughs) fail that is true that is true although cps is not gonna arrest me if i you know leave my dog unattended (laughs) i'm like you got food you got you know your little you know poopy mat whatever you can take care of yourself just like figure it out I'm curious, did CPS say anything in the investigation because you are yeah. a full-time drag queen? Was that hard? No, actually. So we've had multiple workers for whatever reason, and all of them literally came in because they have to check every room and look at every room. So they look in our closets, of course. Um, so whenever they see my makeup mirror or the makeup out, they go, oh, who's that? And I'll have, I'll tell them, like, I'm a full-time drag queen. I just laid out there. They go, oh, that's so cool. And some of them even ask, like, I want to come to a show. Like, I'm... I'm like, this is, oh, this is great. So, no, I, I haven't had any pushback in that department. I have a friend. Actually, it's the same best friend that told me I'm going to be doing drag. Um, he works CPS in Arizona. So, he says California is one of the best states to be a gay daddy in because they're very accepting. It's much easier to have kids and be a same-gender-loving couple with kids because a lot of other states make it much harder. So, no, we're lucky. We're in the right state. We're in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I can see how people like i don't know or cps agents in florida can be like maybe a little or maybe i don't know mm-hmm. depending like you know biased right like oh yeah like, uh, a gay couple let alone a drag queen you know but like that that's exactly god bless california <laughs> okay it may be high as hell but i love it here i i love california i don't see myself leaving at all me neither i'm like no and we have uh, a friend of a family and she was living here in anaheim for like her whole life mind you she's yeah. like on her 70s and she moved before the pandemic to alabama because it was so cheap and etc and she's always telling us like oh move over here move over here and i'm like 
no mm, mm. alabama out of all places and she's like oh well, gas girl. is so cheap and i'm like yeah but i like to have rights i just you, like to be a first class alabama here. is 49th in the country for education i am okay <laughs> <laughs> no honey <laughs> i love that you have to think about those things because you're a parent now you're like where is a good you know education system <laughs> oh my god natasha we can't even just pick up and move anywhere no more i have to consider like what is outside Okay, like, is there a park close by? Are there more children here? What are the parents like around these kids? What are the schools like? What schools? Because because I don't want to, I don't want to be that parent either. That's taking them, taking both of them. Because we have a daughter soon coming. Yes, it's so much. It's so great because I mean, it's it's again bringing you happiness. It's do you're doing yeah. something great, especially you know, to keep these little babies together. I yeah. love that. We know that gay parents are out there, but I just don't feel like you get to see a lot of us. You hear about us, but you don't get to see a lot of us. So I'm glad I'm also on a reality show. It's called Chasing LA. I'm also I'm glad I'm on that show, like so people can see that not even just us being gay fathers, but me being a drag queen. Like there's more to us than just us putting on makeup and like dancing for a couple of dollars every week. We are humans and we have lives outside of that. Absolutely. And I do want to talk about Chasing LA, but let me just ask you this. Has he seen you in drag? Has he gone to like a, a little Hershey show yet? He has been to a show. He has been to a show. And he gave me a dollar. I have the video on my phone somewhere, but he has given me a dollar. He does not fool with Hershey too much. He don't care for Hershey too much. He knows it's work. So he'll ask when he sees me putting my makeup on, he'll go, work? And I'll be like, yeah, he'll go, no work. I'm like, yeah, but I got to go. And he was like, oh, no work. And then when he sees you going to the door, he'll help me with my bag. Like, he'll grab my bag and push it towards the door and be like, bye, bye. I'm going to stop you because you're making me want a child and I'm nowhere ready <laughs> for that. I'm like, I'm going to stop you and let's maybe switch the conversation because I don't want to have baby fever right now. But, oh, that is so cute. I'll let you know. Pharaoh will give it to you because he is the sweetest thing in the world. Like, we have to work. He speaks to literally everybody. We have to work on this stranger danger thing because I'm getting it. It's making me nervous because like when i tell you we go outside he'll say hi to literally everybody everybody not that that's a bad thing but it makes me uncomfortable let's talk about chasing reality you gave us a little preview it's a, a reality show so how did you get into that you had to apply did you, were you invited um so i was already a fan of the show they've been around since 2017 so literally since i moved out here um so i've always watched here and there and always been a fan of the show I tell people all the time, it was just meant for me to be on a show, like Divine Intervention, whatever you believe in. Like during the pandemic, I was binge watching all the seasons. And I said, I'm sitting in my courtroom and I said, I've just finished the reality, the reality, Lord, the um, finale of Chasing Dallas. And I said, I wonder if they'll ever come to I said, I wonder if they'll ever come to LA. Let me go see. So I go to the website and they literally had just finished like two days before I had just finished the auditions for Chasing LA. So I said, damn. So I friended all the producers. I befriended all the producers on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff just to, you know, make sure they saw me. The producer we had at the time, her name was Blake. She reached out to me on Twitter and said, because I can't remember what I tweeted first, but she tweeted me back and said, why didn't you audition for the show? And I was like, oh, good. I said, okay, girl, I'll just wait for season two. I was a little too late. She said, no, 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 no. Send me a tape tonight. So I said, can I send it to you tomorrow? She said, yeah. I sent her the tape. I got up early in the morning, got my makeup on. I made a tape. Then by the next week, I think I was on the show. So I, I think I was the last one casted. Yeah. Oh, it was meant to be. What, it was like meant you to said, be, whatever yeah. it is, it was meant to be. It was your spot. 
and, and then I turned out to be like the fan favorite of the first season. Like I didn't, I had no work to show because we were on lockdown while we were filming. It was pandemic. Like everything that happened was supposed to happen. So I said, I'm not complaining because I love being part of the show. I love the show so much. I am Loki jealous. I've always wanted to be in, in a reality yes. show, but I think that the one that I'm obsessed with is The Circle. Have you watched it on Netflix? I can see you on The Circle, actually. The <laughs> I'd be so good at The Circle. I, I need to audition. Be. I need to audition. Would you go on as a catfish or would you go as yourself? That's what I'm always debating. I'm like, I want to go as like a drag queen myself or I, I yeah. want to go like a, a woman catfishing us a woman her name would okay. be natalia or natalie <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but i need like somebody's pictures i don't know i still have to like lay down my strategy and how would that be but i would love i would be obsessed i'm obsessed already with the circle i talked to my alexa I think you would be the way good i would on talk circle. to the circle <laughs> yeah. yeah i think you would be good on a circle actually i can see that for you Thank you, thank you. I'll I'm need gonna put to that out there for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm putting it out there too. I just need to not be late, <laughs> not procrastinate, and just fucking do a tape. Oh my god. But I, I would die. I would die the moment that I would step into that little millennial apartment. That's exactly what it. They are cute though. They are little cute little apartments. I know. I'm always taking like decoration tips here and there, and I'm like, hmm, I like how that color looks. Yeah, like, me but... too, bitch. Right <laughs> You filmed already two seasons of Chasing LA. We're in the middle of filming season two now. I think we're getting close to the end. Of, I think we're about to wrap season two. They are like playing out right now. So we're on episode seven uh, coming up as of this recording. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I haven't seen this sort of realities. Like, how does that work? Do they invite you all to like events or how does that work? You want to think of the real housewives of Atlanta, but for young entrepreneurs. All of us have different, uh, mostly entertainment industry, uh, but all of us have different industries that we're in. And it's following us going through, you know, the ups and downs of our lives as we're trying to chase our dreams and how we interact with each other during that. They do a really good job putting people that would never speak to get, speak to each other in real life together. I think that's really great. But I think that <laughs> what I joined it for was when I moved out here, like I have friends. I'm not gonna say I don't have friends but i don't have a lot of friends what i joined the show for was to make friends across different industries just like out here in la i didn't want to just be in the drag scene i wanted to be i wanted to see what the hair scene was given or what the rap scene was given we have somebody else that's in comedy we have other people that's in uh music i just wanted to get to know different sets of people i didn't get that as much as i wanted to in the first season but season two i think i, I met a good set of what i feel like a, a good set of friends um that i could see growing a friendship with so yeah no just how we interact with each other how we grow and all of that stuff and it gets spicy i, I kept it cute the first season this season they caught me up a couple of times acting up i ain't gonna lie <laughs> hey it's okay that's what good tv is made of honestly <laughs> That's what my drag daughter tells me. She says, stop trying to be so fucking political. This is the days of our lives. <laughs> exactly. Because if I think back of like iconic reality TV moments, it's always when it gets spicy. That's my favorite. Yeah. And I feel like it's not the same as the early 2000s. I'm obsessed with the early 2000s and their reality TV. It pretty much raced me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Flavor of Love was like peak TV. I Love you know Money was peak TV. <laughs> And I think what was better about those times, too, is that they were, weren't trying to be anything more than what they were. They came on a show and everybody was themselves and everybody 
I think everybody does reality TV now is so stuck on trying to be the Nini of their different franchises that it turns into everybody like it gets weird. It gets really weird really fast. Not everybody needs to be a reality star or on reality TV for that matter. Yeah, a lot of it is very put like fabricated. Oh my gosh! Like, especially, yeah. and let, let's not even like start with like the Drag Race. Oh my god, it's ma'am. I don't know. And you kind of gotta go on. With any, I think with any show nowadays, you kind of gotta go on with the idea of I'm just gonna represent myself the best that I can, and what they use of that is what they're gonna use, and just roll with the punches. It's a whole bunch of things that they did on this season of Chasing LA that I really wasn't. I'm not gonna say part of like that. I didn't really want to do. But they, I would be asked to do certain. I hope I don't get in trouble if they see this. I don't want to get in trouble. But the show has to be made, so you have to do things that you wouldn't regularly do, or be in situations that you wouldn't find yourself in for the sake of the show, and then just roll with the punches. Like if my name is attached to a party that I threw that I wouldn't have thrown in my real life, you know, you roll with the punches. You know, this is just what I was part of. It, it is what it is. It's the idea you got to go in with. I think people take reality tv too personally when you get onto these shows and whatever comes out or whatever happens during it they just take it too personally if that makes sense yeah no i see what you're saying and the fandom too because a lot of reality shows have a crazy fandom we know about drag race but like the other day i was on reddit and i didn't know there's a full-on subreddit for roasting contestants of wheel of fortune of Wheel of Fortune yes yes my friend was in Wheel of Fortune and she sent me this like subreddit and they're roasting her they're like oh my god she was she's the worst player ever blah 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 and it's a long long chain I'm like what in the world not the Wheel of Fortune out of all the these people are bored they got me together I got into an argument this season with the Chase of LA season 2 episode 3 and 4 I believe I got into an argument with a uh, with the favorite of the show. We both were the technical fan favorites, but they felt like he was more right than I was. So the people got into my comments and my DMs acting an entire ass. Somebody messaged me, a, a lady I've never met in my life, saying she wants to know where I got my promo pictures from because I'm baroque and clearly couldn't afford it. Like, they get vicious. These Mind people are lying. You're just like, girl, go touch some grass, honey. Like, get outside. <laughs> I thought it was only the gays. I was like, okay, it's maybe just something that is unique to drag race because the gays. But no, ma'am. I, I'm shocked that it's not. I'm like, no, no everyone, ev- there's trash all over. Everywhere. Know, <laughs> yes. Like, our show is LGBTQIA+, but, like, we have a lot of straight people that watch us. And it's, these people crazy. <laughs> they these are. people are crazy. Like, what compelled you to come to my page, go through one of my pictures, post some nasty comments? I'm like, what? Like, you don't have nothing else to do? Exactly. Like, that's the most productive thing you can do with your life on social media. Go watch some recipes. I don't know. Speaking of social media, you are really big on TikTok. I love your page. (laughs) My trouble page right now has, like, 76,000 and... uh, what is the other page? And then Echo page has 22,000. So people like me, I suppose. <laughs> I think, I mean, we love you. They don't like, we don't like you. We love you. And I think it's oh, because you. you keep it real. You keep it very real. I love your duets when you're like, you know, giving your points of view <laughs> to people. I'm like, she's fucking facts right now. 
Thank you. I Actually, that's what I got in trouble with moving out here because sometimes I just need to shut up. When I first moved out here, I was in trouble with a lot of queens that were quote unquote running the scene because I was asking questions that nobody was asking. Like, why aren't we paying? Why are we still doing tip spots and not paying girls? <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I remember the whole pay your dues kind of a gig. Me and Miss Miss, you know her name. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. I just wanted to know because when I moved from I moved here from I moved here from Atlanta and Atlanta I was getting paid unless it was a competition you got paid so that the the spotlight shows the tip spot was foreign it's still foreign to me it doesn't make any sense to me it is I'm wild sorry. I mean that person yeah. is, doesn't have like the best PR. Set of mind. She doesn't. And the thing is, when you get to talk to her one on one, she's not that bad of a person. It's just that particular conversation. We gonna always disagree. Cause girl, what? And it then is- they want you to be better too. They I, they won't pay you, but then keep wanting you to come back, and they want better drag out of you. And it's like, where am I getting that money from? Exactly. Drag <laughs> is so fucking expensive, and it's it's wild to me also that you know sometimes the tip spots are the newer queens and kings and i'm like especially when you're new you need that money yes. like how can you expect to bring it or to be better or to have nice things if you're giving nothing and it's more expensive now than i don't know how long you've been doing drag but it's more expensive now way more expensive now than when i started it is more expensive i've been doing it for like four years it started like formally in like 2018 but okay. it is so expensive like a costume, a wig. Yes. I remember it, like all the wigs that are like $250 now or used to be like $100 or $120. So yeah. it's like, what did this inflation come from? <laughs> to buy the wigs before you style them are still the same prices. So what are y'all inflating? <laughs> Drag inflation. It's real. It's also oh affecting gosh. it. I will say it's more expensive, mm-hmm. but it's also more like easily available for everybody because when i started i learned how to sew because i could not find like where to buy a leotard that looks good for drag so i'm like just like screw this i'm gonna learn how to make it my own but nowadays like you can find leos or costumes everywhere see my uh what i had to get creative with is and i think you've seen a couple of my outfits that i do this where i just i buy a cute leotard and i add french to it because french fixes everything to me it really <laughs> so, does no, that's what I, that was my creationary look i call it creationary that was my little creationary uh tactic like just add french to it and you'll be fine yeah and you'll you'll make it happen or like you know, rhinestones to me like rhinestones save the day yeah like, yes, they do i'm just lazy <laughs> Okay, I need to get into sewing. Actually, I even forgot the sewing machine sitting right here. I just—it's so much work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It is, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's rewarding, you know, to just like wear something and be like, "Oh my god, I this was a piece of fabric two days ago, and now it's—I'm wearing it on stage." It's just—I love that feeling. I need to get like you. Starting is the hardest. It's like going to the gym for me. If I get to like sewing. It's good. The problem is that I live in a small place. It's like a small apartment. I have to set up every time I have to sew something. Oh, no. Okay, that would make it worse for me, too. (laughs) I don't know. That would make it worse for me, too. I am so sorry. But no, this little one I got now don't make anything. I can't can't hot glue. I can't fringe. I like to comb my hair out before I put it back in my little bags and stuff and separate it. I can't even do that because he wants to be in everything and see everything that's going on. So that's another little hurdle. And then when we get two, I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do when we get a little girl up in here. My God, 
I'm gonna do a follow-up episode <laughs> after you get them, the little girl and be like, how is it going? Like the reunion. <laughs> okay. So last year we talked about you having one. <laughs> how are things going now? <laughs> Speaking of family, let's talk about drag family. You're not only part of the legendary house of Jete, but you also have your own house now. I just stopped it. Three drag babies in March or April. Yes. And all three of them literally approached me at the exact same time. I'm going to say they bullied me because I used to say, I'm not doing the drag children thing. It's not for me. <laughs> I had one drag child like three years ago and we got into a tit for tat over eyelashes. And I said, yeah, I'm not doing this again because y'all are hard headed. But no, first it was Miss Romy Michelle. She approached me first, asked me about it. And right after that, Betty Jane approached me. And then literally the day after that, Serena said, well, how are you going to, Serena Infinity, she asked me, well, how are you going to have them two as drag daughters and not have me? No. And we've been friends since you moved out here. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. It was a learning lesson for me because I like try to play the humble card and, you know, oh, it's uh, my question is always like, why me? Why would you girls choose me? Such and such. But they, they remind me like, no, you actually have something to offer, not only to us, but to the drag community. And that's okay for you to say that. Like, you don't have to play the humble card on time. You're a good drag queen. You're a great drag queen is what they tell me. No, those three made me like get out of my own head about what I have to offer. I know that you said you didn't want to like have drag children anymore, but like what they do that we are like, you know what? Maybe I'll give it another shot. That conversation actually just like getting me out of my own head and let me know like, no, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you bring to the drag scene. We appreciate what you brought to us as like friends before you became our drag mother. Like we we want to learn from you and we want to like attach ourselves to you. We love you for what work you do. And it just made me rethink. I've always looked at being humble as just not over boasting or anything. Like even just now when you, you know, one of the best in LA. I don't want to use the word cringy, but like, I feel like I have something to live up to now. When people say that type of stuff about me, I feel like I have to rise to the occasion, which I don't mind doing. I just, I don't know. It's, it's an in my head thing. It's an in my head thing. I'm always in my head about something. So that conversation that I had with those three, though, helped me just be more confident with saying, yes, I am that bitch. I am good. I do a good fucking job and you can't tell me any different. So, yeah. <laughs> Baby, I wouldn't dare to tell you any different. I'd be like, nope, she is <laughs> doing the damn thing. <laughs> do you plan to having more uh, drag children in the future? I can see myself as of now, like at this particular moment, probably not. It's, it is one girl I do want to make my drag daughter, but she hasn't, like I asked her and she kind of didn't say yes or no. So I'm going to leave it alone. But other than that, I can see myself having like a big ass fleet of drag children just not right now i would love to like one day have like a full-on house of like tons of drag kings queens everything one day not now like, not yeah. in the future but like i do want to have like a big family one day drag family like in the next five to seven years i see myself taking one of the you know how drag race has the pictures with all the uh queens of the season like right next to each other i see myself doing a picture like that but then with me over all of them like with a hand gesture or some shit like i do want to have like a lot of drag church i can see but i can see myself passing out my knowledge with with that that's a whole bunch so of fabulous fierce ass queens yeah yeah and across all the genres of drag like i'm not just sticking like i consider myself more like of a glamour puss like i like being pretty but i'm funny but like across all the the genres so like if they are alternative if they are you know female at birth if they are male at birth if they just want to be a male and perform 
trans performers, all of like I want all the babies, all of them. <laughs> yes, full house baby. <laughs> yeah. Hershey, you've done so much with your drag. What is next for you? What are some of your goals for drag? We could be, you know, short term. Let's do short term and then long term. Like the long term can be like your ultimate goal with your drag. Short term, I kind of want to increase my wardrobe. Like I want to have so many clothes that I don't know what to do with them. Like I don't have enough outfits for me <laughs> so I want a lot of performance outfits and I want to incorporate more dance into what I'm doing like I do a lot of dancing but not as much as I want to so I, I don't know it's I haven't pinpointed exactly what it is but there's an elevation to my drag that I want to see and I haven't got I haven't pinpointed what that's going to be yet so that's short term because I know I can do that before like this time next year long term I want to have a couple of titles a couple of national titles a couple of international titles like I want to be doing drag like across the continents you know miss america miss international newcomers all of that stuff like i want to do some pageants and stuff i can totally see you doing pageants have you done any before no those are expensive they <laughs> so, are no. that's what i've heard no. they are so expensive no i want to come i want to go into a pageant like on my a game like i want to go in and i i don't want to be denied like even if i don't win i, I want to leave the pageant and everybody say that girl is the bitch to watch for for the next round of pageants because she's she's coming for everybody i am I think I've said this before in the podcast, but I have such a huge amount of respect for pageant queens. It's such discipline. It's such a commitment. Yes. I'm like, I, I want to have like half of that <laughs> for my drag. I can't, I, I can't wait. And it's no shade to my drag mother because um, she's given me a lot, but I do want to have a pageant queen mentor like somebody that's immersed in the pageant world i want to get a mentor that's immersed in it i feel like pageant gets a semi-bad name because they're so poised and you know no shade to the alternative girls or the girls that kind of that kind of do their own thing in drag but i want to put pageant drag back on the map i want to put that brand back on the map i want to bring it back to the forefront across the board yeah that's one of the things i'm marking out before this life is over that's something i want to personally be a part of bringing passionate like back in everybody's faces glamour poise sophistication all of that shit <laughs> i mean you're already very poised and very glamorous already but i think it's, it's super smart to have somebody that knows the run of the show that it can tell you you better do this do that watch out yeah. for this don't do that that's very smart yeah that's next that's long term though, because that money is not coming anytime we'll start soon. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay. Especially with another baby on the way. <laughs> My goodness. See, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> so yeah, that's long, long term. So definitely long term, yes. <laughs> yes. Hershey, this has been so great. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on TikTok at Hershey Speaks, H-E-R-S-H-I-I Speaks. Or you can find me on Instagram at H-E-R-S-H-I-I-L-I-Q-C-O-U-R, Hershey LaCour, all one word. Um, you can also find me on Instagram with Hershey Speaks, too, because I put all my TikToks over there just in case TikTok want to take me down again. <laughs> it's wild sometimes with yeah. TikTok. I love it, too. I've been taking a little bit of a break right now, but it's I don't fully understand it. And I'm like... I don't know. They're always changing the way they do their algorithms and stuff. So it's like once you learn it, they change it and you have to relearn it all over again. I know. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take a break and start relearning it once I'm ready for it. You're doing good on that, though. I think you got I think you 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 pop on there. I, I, <laughs> I like your uh, I like your brand on there. Thank you. Thank you. It took me a while. 
and I, that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast, kind of like amplify that of like sense of community and come here to like hear stories and maybe yeah. like learn from that or like just have a good time or just have a good motherfucking time while you wash the dishes or do your makeup. <laughs> well, Hershey, it was such a motherfucking pleasure having you. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you for doing Always this again. Always, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. If you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.